seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Hello. And uh, unless you are um, in another time zone other than the one I'm in, good afternoon. I'm Constitutional Attorney <laughs> Catherine Henry, and welcome to this week's episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. Believe it or not, we're already on season two, and this is already episode three. It's crazy how time flies, even when you're not having fun. Um, but uh, today, I think it's going to be a pretty lively episode. We do have a special guest who will be joining us in just a few moments. And uh, he has a, a great YouTube channel that <clears throat> he educates us all on some really important Second Amendment issues and different updates. Uh, he actually has a secondary channel uh, where he just talks about general patriotic types of issues. And he's a go-getter. He's just, uh, I'll say he's the average Joe. He is, and he's not my friend Joe, Joe Moss with uh, Ottawa Impact in Michigan, but he is in Michigan and a good friend of mine, but he is just an average Joe who's, he's uh, a small business owner. He's a dad, he's a husband, and he's an American. And he's not, he's not specialized with any, you know, special legal training or, you know, serving in government. Uh, I don't think he's ever served in government, but he is the average American. And so for that reason alone, he is a phenomenal person to look at in terms of his leadership, in terms of his knowledge, in terms of his drive to defend our freedoms. And so today I want to make this a lively discussion. I did not ask him the questions ahead of time. So uh, it's going to be a very candid conversation. And my goal is actually to bring in a few other people in on this, but uh, I know how long our episodes can go. So what we might do is actually stretch this out over a few weeks and have some people in uh, specific areas, you know, experts in specific areas of importance to us that uh, can come on and, and, and either debate or agree. I don't know. I just want their honest opinions about what it takes in terms of the issue of legislative compromises. So that brings us to, of course, the title for today's episode, Are Legislative Compromises Constitutional? And um, what I wanted to point out here is, well, let's start let's take a step back for a second. Compromise is often seen as the cornerstone of a free society, especially of democracy, right? Uh, and of course, you hear all of the liberals out there, and unfortunately, some conservatives, and uh, for those of you listening on podcasting, uh, I used to use the air quotes around the conservatives, um, or Republicans, whatever you want to call that. But um, too many think that we live in a democracy. And let's let's be honest, how many of you thought at least into some point in your adulthood that we had a democracy? And for those of you uh, listening on a podcast, that's me. I raised my hand. Uh, Lori apparently is way ahead of the game because I, did you raise your hand? <laughs> I, was, I was shaking my head. <laughs> oh, 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 she's just not good at following directions. Okay. So, no, no. <laughs> so uh, even us, 
we at least into some point of our adulthood thought that we had a democracy and i'm going to give a shout out to my friend who um goes by on social media he goes by ken ration uh but uh and for too many years i actually thought that was his last name but anyway his first name is really ken and his wife darlene and they are uh, amazing patriots and supported me when i ran for state rep many years ago in michigan and he used to talk about how we have this constitutional republic it's not a democracy and i'm gonna be honest i was like i i don't i don't know i don't understand what's the difference and he's not an attorney and i already was and i was already a freedom fighter but i really didn't understand because it's just one of those things that is so ingrained into us in everything we do at every level uh that it's it's hard to erase what you have learned sometimes man this is one of those times i really want one of those yoda clips because we have a little tiny yoda clip that's about unlearning what you have learned um and anyway that's this is one of those times that we need to do that and so anyway we don't have a democracy but whether you have a democracy or a constitutional republic compromise is still often seen as a cornerstone of a free society such as those but what about highly controversial issues should both sides compromise so each can get a little bit of what they want hey you know what i'm going to tell you long before i was an attorney i was working in alternative dispute resolution areas i was a mediator i have successfully mediated thousands of cases to a settlement of some sort whether it's talking about uh, a divorce or custody or parenting time shoot i've even turned divorce mediations into reconciliation situations um you know it's all about listening to each other and compromising and figuring out where you have uh common ground uh i i have done mediations in child protection cases and adult guardianship cases of course general civil and um you know contracts and uh, landlord tenant and all kinds of different um you know, endless. I I can't even think of all the different uh, uh, um, rural development and agricultural mediations. I've done mediations in well in everything that Michigan has in terms of uh, opportunities to be a mediator. I've done this for pay. I've done it many times for um, for volunteer. I have volunteered to do this um, in thousands of cases. Uh, I've served as a restorative justice practitioner in, in the court setting and in the school setting and you know it's it's based on the principle of compromising and being able to meet each other in the middle somewhere so uh at any rate i'm going to tell you that i'm coming at it from that perspective but what about some issues are there some things that must never be compromised especially in terms of you know legislation state and local legislation well in this episode we're going to take a deep dive into the constitution for the topics that can never be lawfully compromised. And I'm gonna tell you already right now, I think the discussion is gonna to be too robust in just in, in terms of thinking about the liberties side of the constitution that will probably most likely have to come back for a separate discussion just about looking at through the lens of the constitution in terms of defining the powers or authority of the government and whether that's an area where we can compromise or not. So um, 
At any rate, I really want you guys to be participating in this discussion today. So if you are watching live, then please make sure whether you are on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, please jump in, especially as we get this conversation rolling uh, on what you think. Should there be compromise at every, uh, you know, on every type of legislation that is being proposed? Uh, and let's just keep it at state and local levels just for the purposes of this conversation. Um, in general, it would apply uh, the same to federal legislation, but there can be some little bit, you know, unique uh, situations with that. So let's just keep the conversation simple and just talk about state and federal legislation and, and uh, proposed bills. So the true or false question of the day, of course, today is Tuesday. And Tuesday we have true or false questions. And today's is constitutionally protected God-given liberties can never be compromised in state or local legislation. Just as it is, constitutionally protected God-given liberties can never be compromised in state or local legislation. True or false? Make sure to head over to Twitter, LinkedIn, Telegram, Truth Social, or YouTube so that you can participate in that true or false question of the week. And uh, no cheating. Go ahead and do it now if you haven't already done that, because if you wait for the entire episode, well, then by sure, by then you would have been able to have the answer. All right. So um, these are just some examples that have come up in, in the top of my head. And I realized my screen is interesting because, um, yeah, I didn't have the chat open. So I'm asking you to chat away in there and I didn't even have it open on my end. Uh, so I just wanted to have a, a shout out to Elizabeth. Um, it doesn't show me everybody's full um, screen name, so to speak. So um, uh, just keep that in mind when I'm saying hello or acknowledging you or having back and forth dialogue with you. Um, the screen doesn't show all of that information. But at any rate, um, so hello to Elizabeth. And uh, let's see. Um our guest will be joining us shortly. It looks like in a couple of minutes here, unless he's already, nope, okay. Um, and the Liberty Cause, hello, and thank you for joining us on YouTube. And um, Marsha and, uh, Marsha on YouTube and um, the Liberty Cause on YouTube, as well as um, Lisa on LinkedIn are um, answering our true or false question. And it looks like they have all said the answer so far is true. Uh, our constitutionally protected God-given liberties can never be compromised in state or local legislation. They are saying the answer is true. We'll see what, uh, what my take on that is as we go through this episode. Um, and we did also get some responses on Rumble as well, agreeing, you know, with the YouTubers and so, so far, everybody no compromise. All right. So far, everybody on all the platforms is saying true. And if you love Rumble and you want to see that platform grow like I do, I encourage you to watch us live on there and participate in the conversations live. It's just that Rumble's technology doesn't play nice with any of the streaming platforms that it requires us to use in order to go live on Rumble. So I can't see the comments live. And so Lori does her best at trying to keep an eye on 
on different screens there. But uh, hello, Bill in Michigan on YouTube. Thank you for joining us today. I look forward to seeing you down here sometime soon. And by the way, um, those of you who are listening today, if you are believers, I'm going to ask that you uh, keep Bill in your prayers. He's got some situations going on in his life that are not the greatest right now. And he needs prayer. I mean, we all need prayer. But I'm going to ask you to say, uh, specifically, say a prayer for my friend Bill up in Michigan. And um, I'm just trying to see. Um, and we have, we have an answer to our true or false question that they're saying it's true that there can be no compromise on our God-given constitutionally protected liberties. Um, let's see. Okay. So looks like I have caught up on all the chats. So I just want to get us um, some examples. And Lori, do let me know if I have missed our special guest joining us today. But um, all right. So uh, I want you to consider legislation uh, created out of compromise in these areas. So these three are in the concept of medical freedom. So uh, there's a medical freedom bill that shortens but not eliminates the ability of the governor to issue shutdown orders or other executive orders that infringe our rights. What about vaccine workplace anti-discrimination bill that allows workers to require certain vaccines as a condition of employment as long as they also allow for religious exemptions. Or lastly, another example here is a vaccine privacy bill that allows parents to opt out of having their child's vaccine status shared in a state registry, but still requires the vaccines for school enrollment and requires the school to maintain each child's vaccine status documentation. Okay, these are real life things that are either in, you know, that are proposed right now or that have been proposed or even voted on in the recent past in uh, states all across the country, but for sure in Michigan and in Florida. So um, let me see. Hello, Robert Bose. Uh, nice to see you joining us on YouTube. Please say hello to your uncle for me. Um, all right, so there's a question from this is a public service uh what would the compromise be now i'm assuming that question came in before i started giving you some examples and hence that's the reason why i'm giving you some of these examples so um this is all right so um all right i'm going to give you some other examples so maybe you're not as worried about your medical freedom maybe you live in a state you think is totally um uh free so all right consider these uh, areas of legislation. There's a constitutional carry bill that acknowledges the right to open carry firearms, but still categorizes uh, concealed carry as illegal. Um, that is the current state of things in Michigan. Uh, if you don't have a government issued permit, you can open carry, but you cannot concealed carry. And in some states, um, there may not even be the option for concealed carry with a permit. There's all kinds of crazy laws in Illinois, we know, uh, relating to um, the ability to carry a firearm. But what about a bill that finally allows 
concealed carry in a state, but only upon receiving a permit. So for example, in Florida, my understanding is besides one very tiny exception relating to hunting and fishing, and I don't like jumping through a whole bunch of hoops, so we're gonna pretend that exception doesn't even exist for the purposes of this discussion. We have um, a bill, or now it's a law, it was a bill, now it's a law that it says that you can carry concealed uh, in Florida, but um, you can't actually open carry. But you can concealed carry, but only if you have a government-issued permit. What about that? What about, last example from this category, a bill that allows open or concealed carry, except in various venues that are open to the general public? That's right. I'm hitting on all those sensationalized media stories about uh, you know, in a Walmart or a Walgreens or a movie theater or in a church or in a bank or whatever, you have all of those places where the bad guys still carry guns, but the good guys are told in many states, oh, no, this is open to the general public. We can't stop you from coming in in general, but you're not allowed to bring a firearm here. So, uh, oh, Lori, you didn't tell me we had our special guest ready to go. And that I was just getting ready to. <laughs> but I, right. this came up at the same time. So I thought, well, I'll pop this on and then I can segue. Oh, yes. And I'm going to leave that one on the screen. I'll I'll talk about that in a second. So um, just so that we have people, if people are like me and read lips, um, I'm going to have to kick Lori out into the background for now, but she's going to keep those comments rolling and help us get that discussion really lively today. Um, but because we have a special guest today, we are going to bring in that special guest now, and he and I are going to carry on this conversation, but I am dying to hear what his thoughts on some of these compromises are. So, um, all right, Lori, I'm going to elect you as the, the um, main person now to totally keep watch over the uh, the comments on from all platforms, just so I can keep that conversation rolling with our special guests. So, all right. Um, so banishing Lori to the back. There we go. And uh oh, what is happening here? There we go. Bringing forward our special guest today. In fact, let's see, do I have a way to make us bigger? No, of course not. All right, I'm going to hide my screen just for a second there. And all right, so can you hear me okay? Yeah, how's it going? Good. Um, I don't know if it's just on my uh, computer or not, because we've had some strange pixelating issues recently, but you look a little pixelated and, and um, blurry to me. Do I look blurry to you? Uh, it's better now. Okay, well, hopefully... Hopefully we make it through. Guys, I, I will tell you that we implemented things that my uh, good friend, the Liberty Cause, sent over for us to try to make <laughs> the live stream technology issues go away. And uh, Mr. Freedom, I mean, excuse me, uh, Mr. Michael Henry has, in fact, spent hours at my computer again, even last night, trying to figure out ways to um, figure out what the heck's going on, other than the powers that be don't want freedom to get out too far. Uh, so anyway um so i'm gonna throw back in our um our slides here but uh let's see um were you able to hear what our main question uh, and topic for today was yes we okay 
So I was telling people at the beginning here that, oh, and let me back up. Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, this is my good friend who has his 2A EDU channel on um, YouTube. Is the main one still? Yes, but I have some exciting announcements this weekend. I'm going to be on some other sites too soon. So, Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah. If it's if you have a, uh, a little short video that you might be releasing that kind of tells people what other platforms you're going to, uh, send us that and we'll share it on all of our social media so people can follow you wherever you will go. I will. Thank you. Um, so um, let me let me also pause and tell you that. So if well, let's let's look at the obvious. If you can't figure out what topic he talks about the most on his main channel. Well, you might not want to continue following anything that I'm saying because it's going to be all too high level for you. But my good friend here mostly talks about on his main channel, the Second Amendment and government issues, legislation, cases, uh, policy things that are coming out, uh, you know, totally unconstitutional rules that are made by things like the ATF and other organizations um, and how they affect our rights that are guaranteed to us through the second amendment. So, um, and uh, I'm sure Lori's probably doing a good job of throwing the links to your um, your main channel in there, in the chat. So uh, don't worry about that if you haven't done that yourself yet, but make sure you check him out. Uh, and a little reminder for you guys, I gave this as a challenge to you as our last get involved challenge of last year of 2022. And I've reiterated the, the importance of this in the first couple of episodes so far this year. But there's a lot to this freedom fight. I mean, a lot. And even though my dear friend here is focused on the Second Amendment, uh, I can guarantee you he loves all of his freedoms, not just the ones that he talks about the most. But he's smart because he's focusing on something to make it more manageable for him. Um, and, you know, he also, like I was telling you guys, He's an average American. He is the epitome of what any of you who will complain that you don't have the time, you don't have the experience, you don't have the know-how, you're not an attorney, you're not in government or whatever, whatever the excuses are that I hear on a nonstop basis for people telling me that they can't do anything, they're without power to do anything. This dude right here is the prime example of someone who could be a powerhouse as the average American. A small business owner, a father, a husband, an American who's just sick of all the BS and the government overreach. Now, when did you start your channel? It was before 2020, wasn't it? Yeah, I started it about five years ago, but I've gotten more active with it as time's gone on. So, um, in fact, when we met, it was because I was representing um, a chief of police who had been fired for, in case you guys didn't know about this, I was the attorney for a chief of police was fired for saying on social media that the the police department supports the second amendment no joke <laughs> so that is how i met to aedu and he came in and did a little interview of of us uh while we were speaking on the steps of the capitol that day at one of the many rallies in 2020 i yeah. think that was early on in june 2020 when we met um and uh, his channel has continued to grow. And I encourage you guys to follow him for any nationwide, um, let alone specifics for Michigan types of 
bills and cases and policy matters. Um, if you love the Second Amendment, this is a guy to listen to. Now, my reminder is make sure you're not stretching yourself too thin because you will be worn out. You will feel the burnout and then you won't be good to yourself or to your children or grandchildren or anyone in your lives for anything, let alone for the freedom fight. So my challenge to you was pick three for 2023. And okay, so I picked five, but I have three main ones. And um, one of mine is the second amendment and constitutional carry issues. So I look to dear friends of mine, such as 2AEDU for keeping me up to date on all that stuff. So at any rate, um, this fight, freedom fight can be overwhelming. Um, and, and there's so much going on, but I'm keeping an eye on only those things that fall into my category this year. And like I said, one of those for me is uh, constitutional carry, is everything Second Amendment. So what are your thoughts? My question for you, well, I guess let me back up and say, uh, let's acknowledge this so, so that I can, um, well, acknowledge this. This person's comment on YouTube um, white space Marines. Sorry guys. I make that font is like size two font on my screen in order to read the name right now. Um, how can an elected official possibly comp compromise away a right given to us by our creator? These officials are supposed to legislate in light of the constitution, not their own opinion. Uh, and phenomenally worded, and I don't want to give away too much yet. I'm trying to make sure I can elicit true, honest opinions. Uh, so I'm not going to um, not going to do that. Um, and uh, looks like um, Lori answered another question. Somebody was asking about who was it that I represented. Dar is a good friend of mine, but no, he is still the sheriff, and they can't fire him because he's the sheriff. Um, but uh, anyway, no, it's uh, uh, actually. Darleaf, the sheriff of Barry County, and my good friend um, uh, Rod, who is uh, down there and not in a gov government official or anything like that, we um, actually kind of developed more of a friendship with Steve Bucolo, who was the uh, Lowell police chief until being fired for supporting the Second Amendment. So, um, anyway, just to answer your um, your questions there. So, all right. Um, all right, hopefully I didn't miss anything else that we need to go over. But so to AEDU, my, my burning question is we have these three examples that I could think of that are either things that are currently happening in states or, you know, current current laws already on the books or current legislation being proposed. And I want to know what are your thoughts about each of them? So oh, right. I guess you guys can't see that. So hold on a second. I got to throw it back on the screen. Um, all right. So what, uh, what are your thoughts about the first one? So those of you who can't see the screen, uh, listening on podcasts, constitutional carry there's, so think of a constitutional carry bill that acknowledges the right to open carry firearms, but still categorizes concealed carry as something illegal. No. <laughs> No, it just says no. Okay, so, but let's say you're in a state that, you know, they don't, you know, like Florida doesn't allow open carry right now. Allow, air quotes here. But on the books, it's not allowed. Right. So what if you're in a state that basically has, you know, 
Illinois. I'll just pick an Illinois because I don't even know what all their gun laws are other than I just try to not drive through Illinois when I know that I'm going to want my firearms with me. So um, let's say it's a state like Illinois that just has so many gun laws, virtually any kind of open or concealed carry is considered illegal. And so there's a bill that finally is going to come out and, and get rid of all that red tape and say, okay, you can open carry your firearms, but you cannot concealed carry you if you conceal the fact that you are carrying a weapon that is considered a crime in this state what would you say to at least getting that that half of the fight right at least being allowed to open carry would you support a bill that did that just so that there was at least some of that you know achieved or you know what i'm saying yeah well look fundamentally no i still wouldn't support it because there's no compromise at all that's <clears throat> supposed to be had with natural God-given rights because the government is supposed to be there to protect rights, not to grant. So you already have the inherent right to open carry, concealed carry, carry in any manner fit. And the only reason the government should be allowed to exist at all is to protect those rights. So I fundamentally disagree with any compromise bill when it comes to a right. Okay. I can think of the other argument that could be used if you want me to make it, but that's my gut honest answer is no, no compromise at all. Well, yeah, let's bring that up. Um, let, let's, let's think of, I, I couldn't think of, and I, I, I was pretty confident you were going to say what you just said, but I couldn't think of somebody who is in the freedom fight when it comes to firearms, who would say, Hey, I would rather at least get the compromise and get something back. So can you help me kind of flesh out so people can understand if, if they're more like us and just think, no, 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 you can't compromise at all on these. What is right. the logistical argument on the other side there? Yeah. So here, here's the struggle. You talked about people just focusing on three things because our brains are just limited and we can't handle everything. We're not the creator. We're not the omnipresent. So sometimes when people sit there and just try to put everything on their shoulders and say, this is all or nothing. And it's taken us 250 years to get in this state of tyranny. We may have to slowly work our way back and they're not completely wrong. It did take us. And I talk about this concept a lot. We didn't get here overnight. We're not going to be able to fix this overnight. Like how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So that's true, but that notwithstanding there's other like, procedural type votes and maybe other policies we could compromise on if we have to to get ourselves out of this hole but not on fundamental god-given rights that's where you really can't compromise you know so just to be clear if you had a state so this i'm explaining this to those of you who are maybe just joining us the the thought or the um i guess the what 2aedu is sharing with us today is if there's a state if he was living in a state that said, you know, basically you can't open carry or concealed carry without, you know, jumping through a whole bunch of red tape. It's virtually impossible, whatever. Um, if he heard of a bill that was being introduced that would um, protect that right to open carry, but it was still leaving uh, concealed carry as illegal, his thought is no, because that's compromising on something and only acknowledging half of our God-given right to defend ourselves. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. So, um, and, and I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. 
Um, but I, I have encountered far too many people along the way that were willing to compromise and because it's something better, it's okay. Um, so, um, and, and it looks like Elizabeth on, um, YouTube shares the same sentiments that we do. So a bill that finally allows concealed carry in a state, but only upon receiving a permit. So what are your thoughts about, so Michigan right now, although it's facing all kinds of other challenges in the, in the legislation realm, uh, because of who now has the majority, but so looking at Michigan as it currently stands is a state where you can open carry without a permit, but to concealed carry, you need a permit. So what are your thoughts about that? Well, I would ask my friends that want to have permits and all this, how would they feel if you had to pay $135 or whatever it is to, to go vote or to speak or to call your friend on the phone? Why is it? And, and Clarence Thomas talked about this, Supreme Court Justice Thomas. He basically, to summarize it, said, no, the Second Amendment's not a second-class right, and he's sick and tired of it being treated as such. Why would it literally be insane if it's like, I want to call my friend Catherine, but I have to go to the sheriff's department and turn in fingerprints and do all these things so I can call her on the phone? People would literally like set themselves and everything on fire if they tried to do that. But with the Second Amendment, it's somehow become customary that you have to pay to be able to exercise a natural god-given right so no i would not support that and i don't support that all right so <laughs> i know i know what you're going to say but i'm going to ask it anyway so the third example here a bill that allows open or concealed carry except in various venues that are open to the general public but where they're deeming them as you know whoever has decided that no one should carry firearms there so schools or certain government buildings or things of that nature. What are your thoughts about a bill that says, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can open and concealed carry, but we have this list of places that you can't have a weapon in no matter what. No, because signs that say no guns allowed, those only affect the law abiding and not criminals. And they call it a gun free zone, but it ends up being a criminal empowerment zone because they know if they go there, there's not going to be a good guy with a gun. And that's the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun. So no, it makes people less safe when they put a stupid sign up that says punishable by public act one, two, three, four, five years in prison. Then they say, that's where I'm going to go do my nefarious deeds because no one's going to pull a gun out on me and stop me. That's I love what the that. bad guys say. So guys, listen to this. Okay. Because, you know, some of us are taking this in jest because we understand the true nature and source of our rights and the true function and role and authority of government. But for those of you who maybe are just starting to have your eyes open to some of these facts and some of the things and, you know, starting to see the brainwashing that has been happening to us for our entire lives, um, I want you to, um, to think about what he's saying. And, and if you have something like a gun-free zone, what that really equates to is a criminal empowerment zone. I, every time I talk to you, man, there's something I'm like, that is amazing. Like you, you encapsulated the whole concept in just such a few words. Um, that's, that's catchy too, by the way, but that's exactly what it is because laws aren't going to stop the criminals. I mean, they're criminals. If they're planning on robbing a bank or if they're planning on, 
you know, shooting up a school or whatever, they're planning on doing something they know is against the law. So the fact that it says gun-free zone on the wall isn't going to make them go, oh, maybe I should rob a different bank that doesn't have that sign. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. But what the media tends to bury are those heroic stories of people that are, say, in a Walgreens or in a Walmart or at a movie theater or all these other places where they had, they're just the average Joe, right? The average American or, or perhaps even off-duty police. But, you know, they're an average American who happened to have their firearm on them. And they were able to stop the situation. They were able to either reduce or completely prevent the number of deaths caused from a gun-free zone situation or, you know, from some sort of mass shooting situation. So um, uh, I know that you are mainly a 2A kind of guy, but uh, my assumption about you loving all of your rights, I'm assuming is correct still. Um, so what are your thoughts on these? Because some of these, well, and, and I think you and I may have even talked about um, on your channel back in 2020, uh, late 2020, early 2021, that there were some bills happening in the Michigan legislature, Republican-controlled Michigan legislature, where there were bills proposed for the governor to have, um, I want to say it was brought down to seven or 14 days. So the governor could still issue executive orders that would close down the state or require masks or require you know, all these hoops to be jumped through, um, you know, whatever, all these rights would still be implicated, but instead of being able to have 28 days, she would actually only be able to have seven or 14. I can't remember the exact number that I ended up with, but let's just say seven. She would only have seven days to be able to exercise these powers without the legislature's uh, approval. What is your thought on, on stuff like that? Is it better to take, you know, the reduction and, and have the number of days reduced? Or is it better to say, um, how about no? How about she's just not allowed to do it at all? <laughs> My short answer is no. And if I'm remembering correctly, I don't even think that they were trying to do that. Weren't they trying to take it where she couldn't, but they were transferring the power over to themselves where they could keep it going as long as they wanted to. So it wasn't to put the power back to the people which is where the power is supposed to be inherent. It was just to shift it from one branch to the other. So it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say what actually ended up on the books, I could be wrong. It's possible it was modified again after this, but I want to say what ended up being voted on and signed into law um, was, um, oh, maybe, maybe they all voted on it, but she vetoed it. That could be what happened, that they all voted in favor of in the house and Senate in Michigan to reduce the number of days that the governor could issue these executive orders telling people what to do with their businesses and their lives and their um, going to church and, and going to school and things like that. So I, it's just dumbfounding that that is a Republican con controlled legislature at the time that is, oh, well, we're compromising. You know, we don't think we can get it to pass if we, you know, take away completely her ability to do this. So we'll just make it less just a lesser number of days. <sighs> um, so what's interesting to me now is, and this is something I'll probably, I'd love to have some of my 
you know, medical freedom fighters uh, who are out at those kinds of events and things and, and dealing specifically with medical freedom and their shows or podcasts or whatever, um, their rallies. But there's some bills right now that have been proposed in the Florida legislature where um which doesn't go they don't actually go into session until march but their bills are already being introduced and um, filed and so there are there's a house and senate companion bill and um there i have to finish reading all the final language because it's 25 full pages um but essentially what it boils down to is in one spot there's uh an it's an anti-discrimination you know you can't have discrimination in the workplace um, but it still allows certain employers to require some vaccines as a condition of employment, as long as they also allow for the religious exemptions. And then when somebody utilizes one of those exemptions, then there can't be discrimination based on that. Yeah, I would say no. And the government just gets involved in too much. Isn't I just, and I had this discussion with, um, one of the medical freedom fighters down here in a telegram chat and she's one of the main i think she's the main admin for the florida freedom keepers um i'm going to kind of go into actually let me let me jump into that and real quick i'm going to re-emphasize one of these other examples um which also happens so there's a vaccine privacy bill this is part of the same package that allows parents to opt out of having their child's vaccine status shared in a state registry but it still requires the vaccines to happen as part of school enrollment and requires the school to each individually maintain the child's vaccine status of, of each child to maintain the vaccine status documentation. So, like all right, House Bill 305 and Senate Bill 222 in Florida, and they're calling it the Protection of Medical Freedom Act. Okay, and there's flyers that are being shared through all the main medical freedom groups throughout Florida. Uh, this is being shared by the Health Freedom Florida group or organization. And so somebody had brought it up. And then this is what I shared with people. I said, there's still a lot of bad stuff being left in the law with these bills. You know, these bills aren't adding bad stuff as far as I've seen so far. They're not adding bad stuff, but they're leaving it in the law. So I shared with people, I was really hopeful that in the 25 pages of this bill, they were going to accomplish what they needed to, but that is just not the case. There's a lot of hype about these bills, but I'm really disappointed about the rights that they're still trampling. I personally have a lot of work to do to finish combing through these and coming up with wording and how we can get the necessary changes in there so we can ensure and secure true medical freedom here. So I wasn't giving up on the bills, but thinking, hey, we got work we got to do with these. So I said, I will definitely share that once I've completed that. Don't get me wrong. These bills are a great start, but there's simply no room to compromise on our medical freedoms any longer. So... The response though, and again, my point is not to trash talk this particular individual. I think she is totally genuine in her freedom fight and her heart is in the right place. And she's ed educated herself in a lot of different aspects, but the mindset is still something that is not unique to her. This is something that most legislators have, right? Most Republican legislators have this mindset. So she said she wanted me to reach out to Health Freedom Florida directly. That's the organization that basically wrote the bills. 
Um, they have spent years, she put in capital letters, working on this language and these bills and have very specific reasons why the language is the way it is. Uh, the two bills um, language are identical and that's, I don't know what she's saying, that's unique in Florida law. I, she doesn't know how bills work because bills have to be the same in both the House and Senate in order to be passed, but whatever. Um, but uh, she said she was on an hour-long Zoom call with them last night and hearing the story and the journey of this specific bill, and it's very enlightening. And then she gave uh, the, I don't know what MO, but anyway, she gave me the email address to, for somebody at this organization to check out. So does that, like, did that kind of paint the picture of why this concern was brought up for me? Yeah, I get it. And what is your take on, um, and we, Lori is sharing some really good thoughts, but um, it's covering up half of your, <laughs> half of your screen there. And I just want to make sure people can see you when you're talking. Um, so is there, uh, what is your experience when it comes to when, when you're out there? So you were recently at the um, opening ceremonies, basically, of the Michigan legislature. You were a guest of your state rep. Yeah. And um, and so you have you work at you don't just sit there doing podcasts. You're out there trying to advocate for specific things and talking to your state reps and your senators and your local government officials, and and really you know talking to grassroots leaders. You're trying to educate people on the things that need to be changed in Michigan law for, you know, basically to protect our God-given liberties, especially when it relates to uh, the Second Amendment. So yep. what have you encountered? Can you share any, do you have any similar experiences working with either the grassroots people or the actual legislators on this train of thought that like, hey, we're going to leave all this other bad stuff in the bill for a reason? Yes. I've noticed there's this thing, not only with the current legislature, but it's always this way. They say, well, this is just the way things have to be because they always have been. And it's like this secret thing. And that's where it comes into play where even within the Michigan Republicans, you'll have some elected um, people that consider themselves public servants and they're a lot closer to the glass grassroots. And then you're going to have your establishment wing that wants to hold on to the establishment of, well, we can't make it where the the plebs can actually understand everything and we have to just do things for like, you wouldn't even understand why we have to do it the way we do. And I do see that in Lansing and Washington, DC. I see it everywhere, really. So in general, I would assume if you take a step back from this and you're not looking at any one particular subject, you would say that the art of compromise in any free society, there, there is, um, there is a need for being able to compromise on how we get certain things done or which bills make it through, you know, in general, how government works. Right. Yes. And I, yes, I actually talked with my state rep who's Jamie Thompson. She's a brand new rep in Michigan. I was honored to join her as her house floor guest for the very first day of the session. I sat right down on the floor with her during those initial votes and Here's how she looks at it. I don't want to speak for her, but this is just something for people to think about. They gerrymandered, they redistricted everything in Michigan. That's the whole thing. And it made it where a lot of what used to be solid red seats, they brought a bunch of blue area in, turned it purple. 
she won her whole um my district that I live in by like around a thousand, a little bit less than a thousand votes. Very, very tight race. So she has to go to Lansing and realize that she's there to protect the rights of all people in her district. She's there to protect the 51% that voted Republican, and she's also there to protect the 49% that voted Democrat. And that in and of itself is true, and I agree with that. However, she has a list of things that she is not going to compromise on, no matter what, even if it costs her the next election. There's the hills that people have to die on, and those should concern fundamental natural rights, where she is going to have to, quote, compromise with the other side on some other issues that aren't as fundamental as the Second Amendment, as medical freedom, as um, gender stuff in the schools. Things like that are things that she's going to have to die on if she has to. But if you just literally think about it practically, if you're you're representing 51% here, 49% there, there's something you're going to have to represent your 49% liberal base on and compromise somewhere. And I'm actually fine with that on certain things, but never on a natural right. Does that make sense? Right. Now, I know this is not one of your um, main areas, but one I kind of skipped over the last area of example, because right to life is one of the main areas that has made it into my, my top five, even though we're supposed to have three. Um, and, that, and that's the idea of, you know, following up to what happened in the Dobbs case, overturning Roe v. Wade and where the Supreme Court got it wrong and said, oh, it's just up for the states to allow, you know, whether we're going to allow murder or not. And so my own state rep, uh, I think his name is Tom Leak. <clears throat> he is, he's actually an attorney. Uh, he's a state rep here. He's been seen apparently as quite a conservative leader in the legislature and in the community. And I noticed on his campaign page, and I haven't had a chance to meet him yet, but on his campaign page, he's talking about, you know, advocating for and making sure that we have, um, you know, a, a declaration in Florida that it's illegal for any kind of abortion um, uh, to, you know, except for to save um, the, um, um, the mother's life or, and I think he had a couple other exceptions in there, but he said starting at 15 weeks and it struck me, okay, why? So the example is a bill that protects an unborn child's right to life, but only beginning at 15 weeks. And that's actually something that recently passed in the, um, well, actually, I think that's the case that ended up making uh, the Dobbs decision. That's, I, I want to say it was a Missouri state statute that said it would be um, illegal for abortions to happen after 15 weeks. And that's, that's what led to the Dobbs case. So I listened to the whole, you know, there's this really great podcast that interviewed all the main players and the you know, the the state um, legislators that were involved in the making of that legislation. Uh, there were, you know, snippets of, of interviews and things from people on the other side and, you know, um, just all, the freedom fighters in general, you know, the constituents that were out there lobbying for these bills and things like that. And so they talked in depth about why they didn't go, you know, full on and protect an unborn child's right to life. And again, it's the same, you know, like they're just, well, they knew this and they knew that and they knew it wasn't the right time for this, or, you know, they, they didn't feel like they'd be able to get what they wanted here. So, you know, it was compromise, 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 compromise. 
And it strikes me why, especially, especially as a starting point, this state rep has on his campaign page that he's going to fight like hell to protect an unborn child's right to life starting at 15 weeks gestation. Why? To me, that's one of those God-given rights that makes no sense to literally split the baby on. So if you're 14 weeks gestation, your life doesn't mean anything. If you're 15 weeks, all of a sudden, we're going to protect you. Where in the Constitution does it allow for any of that to happen? There's no due process of law to protect that child's right to life, which those words are literally in the Constitution. And yet people say, oh, there's no such thing as the right to life. No, we have this right to an abortion and the right to do whatever we want with our own bodies. Except for those words don't appear anywhere in the Constitution. So anyway, just kind of my thoughts. What 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 um, what are your thoughts? What kind of... Well, when Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration, he said, all men are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So... This government was literally founded on the right to life. It's like the very first thing mentioned when they talked about why we would even have a government at all. So it's right. a no-brainer. If a child is a baby when they're... <laughs> Look, I believe life begins at conception. Like literally at that instantaneous moment that um, the woman conceives. But how can you say that, okay, so it's not a life when it's... 14 weeks old, but then at 15 weeks old it is, why not just say that there's no life at all, that somebody could be a week old and they're still not alive, they could be a month old. Where do right. we get to draw this number? It's either life when it's in utero or it's not. And if you're going to make the other argument, I don't agree with this argument. Let me, let me make this blatantly clear, but I hate, it's almost a little more intellectually honest at least, even though it's very wrong, for them to say that nope, it's not a baby until he or she is actually born. At least they're drawing a line there. What's with all these Republicans and conservatives that think they can pick? Well, it's 12 weeks. It's 13 weeks. It's 14 weeks. You know what I'm getting at? Absolutely. Absolutely. And in somebody's comment that was just up there was talking about um, the, um, you know, that it's never going to be settled as to when life begins. The thing is, I've actually done several episodes touching on this very point that you have super uber liberal universities like Harvard and Princeton that clearly talk about, you know, the stages of, um, you know, zygote and embryo and all these, you know, using all of the, the true scientific medical terms and saying that it doesn't matter. It's all, it's already life literally talking about that when you have a child going through the stages in gestation, of, you know, before they're born versus when they're an infant and they're already born, it's just a matter of growing. It's not a matter of whether they exist. It's a matter of how much they have grown. And it's something that, you know, it's one of the most, you know, lied about, I guess, things, one of the most fictitious debates, because there really is no debate about when a life has begun. It's just their version of how to try to minimize um, and, and say, well, no, life hasn't begun yet, or life can't, you know, life only begins when it's, you know, viable, when the, when a baby is viable outside of the womb and all that stuff. No, it, it's, if you have to, you know, if, if 
anyway, you could go on and on about that. But um, it's just one of those examples that to me is it we've just so many conservatives here or Republicans have resigned themselves to just being like, well, okay, yeah, I, I'd rather at least protect, you know, at 15 weeks on or whatever, because, you know, at least it's some sort of a compromise. Man, the more we are willing to compromise on our basic God-given liberties, the more that they're just going to keep taking and taking. And so you're like, okay, at this point, we have to mentally focus on three issues for 2023 because they are trying to take away every liberty that we have, every single one. The government is so large, I would say at least 95% of government is unconstitutional. 95% of government regulation, of government offices, of government uh, entities are unconstitutional. They are literally trying to govern every single aspect of our lives. And they don't have the right to do that, but we've been so complacent for so long, now We've it's in it's so many different issues that we're having to try to narrow down what we're fighting for that we're having to compromise on how many issues we're even willing to fight for because it's just too overwhelming. But we shouldn't be compromising within those issues. Well, okay, I'm gonna I want some of my freedoms back, so I'll let you keep some of those, and I'll I'll get some of my other freedoms back, and then we each are happy. It's just, it's anyway. So that's it, it, this, this, yeah. So this is actually from a slide when I was talking about a totally different topic last week. We cannot pick and choose which parts of the constitution we are willing to enforce, nor can we only choose to follow the constitution when it's most convenient for us. And I was going to take this slide out because I'm like, oh, well, I only want the slides, you know, that need to be reused. And I was like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. This is this is it. This is the slide that you need to give to all of your state reps and state senators and, you know, any any government official anywhere. But especially those in the legislative branches who are thinking, well, we, we got to be able to compromise. We have to compromise on you know, uh, vaccine requirements. We have to compromise on, you know, um, you know, Second Amendment permits or registries, gun registries, that kind of thing. We have to compromise because otherwise, you know, we'll never get what we want. No, just start demanding because that's what the left came in and did. They started parading around demanding being loud and obnoxious when they were by far, by far the minority. And then their loud message just started, it was so ostentatious, so egregious to anything that it just ran completely contrary that, but they said it so loud and for so long that they started to get some people coming on board and coming on board. And then all of a sudden that's like, that's supposedly the norm. And you're the extremist. If you are saying, no, give me all of my freedom, because that's what I have the right to have is all of it. Then we're the the const, what is it constitutional nationalist or conservative national whatever terms are even being floated around these days whatever sure I'm all of them 
I love the Constitution. I love my God-given liberties. The government has zero authority to just take those uh, those liberties away from me. And I don't care who you are, with what, what letter you have behind your name, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Green Party, doesn't matter if you're the President of the United States, the governor of the state that I'm living in, or my local uh, city you know, official, you have absolutely zero authority to take away any of my God-given liberties, and you have zero authority to do anything that violates the U.S. Constitution, period. Period. So why would you compromise on any of those rights that you took an oath to protect? I don't know. Anyway, you can see how hyped up I am about this whole concept of compromising on our liberties and the more prevalent it's becoming, the more, the more it's, it's just, it's ticking me off. So that's why I was like, all right, I got to have a good friend on here today so we could talk about what these look like in real terms. Well, well, if I could add to that just real quick, I think, yeah. I think everything's just flipped upside down and backwards is why it's so frustrating because we're not supposed to be a democracy. We're supposed to be a constitutional republic. The problem with a democracy is you can have two wolves voting against one sheep on what's for dinner. You can have the tyranny of the masses, tyranny of the majority. And when you read the Federalist Papers, because before this country was formed, there was an argument. Should we have any government at all was one of the first questions. And if we do, what should be its role? And one of the arguments in the Federalist Papers was, well, look, if men were angels, we would need no government at all. But since men are not angels, we are going to need a government. But the only reason the government will be there is to protect each other from ourselves. The government would be there to where if my neighbor wants to come over and burn so many leaves on my property right in front of my house that I can't breathe fresh air, the government would come in just to protect me so my neighbor wouldn't be able to intoxicate me with the garbage or whatever that he wants to burn in my front yard, things like that. But then they went right after that and said, well, look, if government was angels, we wouldn't need any checks or balances against government. But since government certainly are not angels, we're going to need both internal. That's why we have the different branches and external, which is we, the people checks on government. So I think that everything's backwards. Everyone thinks now the government's there to, like grants us little privileges. No, no, no. The government's supposed to be there to protect us from ourselves. Exactly. Yep. It's literally as simple as this. So that when I'm exercising my God-given liberties, that I'm not there infringing upon the right for 2AEDU to exercise his God-given liberties. It's as simple as that. If I am compromising his ability to exercise his liberties, then that's the only place the government's supposed to step in and go, whoa, we need to sort this out. We need to figure out how to stop this because we each have the right to life, liberty, and property. We each have the right to speak up, uh, you know, have the right to free speech and religious exercises and, um, you know, to instruct our representatives and to protect ourselves and, you know, against unreasonable searches and seizures and, you know, to due process of law and, uh, you know, have the right to counsel uh, in criminal cases and, you know, to have protections against cruel and unusual punishments and have all of the unenumerated rights protected as well. That is, that's the thing. We each have those liberties and the government's job is to secure those liberties and people twist and turn parts of the constitution and have, you know, the commerce clause cases, and they have all these, 
you know, oh, 11th Amendment somehow creates this sovereign immunity that you can't see your government. Is everyone really that stupid that they can't read the language of the 11th Amendment? Because the 11th Amendment doesn't say that at all. <laughs> so uh, anyway, th that is just what is so frustrating. But um, at any rate, I, I did not intend to take up so much of your time. Uh, these conversations are always so fascinating to me. Um, and I really appreciate you coming on. Um, don't forget that uh, to um, our listeners and, and viewers, that if you're interested in hearing some uh, of the newest updates about the Second Amendment and firearms and legislation and policy decisions and cases and everything else like that, to check out the 2AEDU channel um, this Friday. You start at 9? 9.30. 9.30. 9.30. Uh, and he has the YouTube channel, which uh, Lori just shared in the chat, at least on YouTube. Um, my guess is she's probably sharing it out to the other platforms as well. Um, and um, anyway, uh, he's also going to do an announcement, it sounds like, about some additional platforms that he will be moving to. So make sure to uh, check out, uh, just search 2AEDU on whatever platform you're on, because he's already on several of them. Okay. So um at any rate, is there anything else that you wanted to share with our viewers or listeners today before before you had to go today? Yeah, I just wanted to add to something you said earlier about encouraging just regular old people to get involved. If you look at the declaration, it literally says that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. So I think we want to blame government so much. And I mean this constructively to all of you. Probably all of you watching right now get it. But this is something to remind your friends. People want to just keep blaming government. Well, if the government is supposed to be of the people, by the people, and for the people, we should probably start blaming ourselves. And the reason why this government's allowed to be so powerful that it's gotten to is because we've been allowing it for too long. So I encourage people, go to your state capitol. Go to your local township hall, your city council, your county board of commissioners, because if you want to matter and you want to be important, you have to act like you matter and you have to be assertive and you do matter. There's like so many more of us than there are them. And one more thing, and this I hope offers you guys encouragement. Some of you are Christians, some of you aren't, but we have to have some type of moral compass to follow in this country. And it's a battle of good versus evil. It's what it always has been and it is right now. And you can't just sit at home anymore and say, leave me alone, because evil is always going to prevail when good men do nothing. So you have to treat yourself like you matter before you're going to matter and fight evil and encourage your friends. You have to start doing something. So Absolutely. hopefully that helps. <laughs> now, you guys, in case you didn't know of my uh, good friend here at 2AEDU now, you know why he's such a good friend because <laughs> we share the exact same mindset on all these issues. So, um, in fact, you know, at some point we should go through and do like a marathon uh, Friday night show where we debate all kinds of issues just to see if there's one that we actually disagree on. Because so far, I don't think that we've had one. <laughs> there might be, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm gonna. I'm going to bore the, the viewers with a few other points that I just wanted to drive home at the end here today as I close out the segment. But uh, again, thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to all the freedom fighting work that I know you're going to be doing in Michigan and beyond in 2023. So uh, 
and let me know whenever you want me back on to talk about anything. So I will have you on soon. I'm actually going to text my state rep right now about a gun control issue and you keep up the good fight. I appreciate you. <laughs> yes. Likewise. All right. Have a great day. All right. I'll see you soon. All right, guys. So I am going to, there we go. So you guys can't see all the mess in the background as organized as it is. It's still organized chaos. Um, so I, what I wanted to do is make sure, let me see, did I talk about, um, if you are in Florida, heck, if you're not in Florida, take a look at either House Bill 305 or Senate Bill 222 because you want to get an idea of some of what I'm saying. And if you've never looked at a piece of legislation in your life, this is a good example. Now, this, this is a little bit longer. It's 25 pages. In fact, I have it printed off right here. Um, but it's, it's pretty easy. In most states, you'll notice um, it's going to start with the title. Um, and really, if, if, if your title is long, like this one is uh, three pages long of title. Just skip that for now. Um, really get into, start looking for where things are underlined. Um, as you see, underlined portions, that is where um, sometimes they do them in bold or all caps. But the most common that I've seen is where they underline portions. That's what they're adding to the current law. And then the obvious would be, um, likewise, there is uh, strike through material like right here, there's underlining and then there's strike through strike through is what they're taking out of the current law. So you can see if there's some language in there that is just being left alone and it sucks. They're planning on leaving that bad language in the law even after they pass this bill. So at any rate, um, Let's uh, let's take a look at some of these uh, and, and find something in your own uh, legislature, because like I said, all across the country, uh, quite a few legislatures are already fully in session. And even those that are not, the latest one is, um, I want to say, the third week of uh, April, which is the state of Louisiana. But um, most states are already in session and even the ones that are not uh, in session yet already have some bills being introduced or filed or available publicly. So make sure that you're taking a look at what your state reps and senators are actually working on. And even if you just pick one topic to focus on this year, uh, I guarantee you it's something that will fill your time with. So even if there are uh, organizations that you trust to bring you the day-to-day -day kinds of information, before you go and share a little snippet like this, right? These this is um, these are some of the the tools, I guess, social media tools that this Health Freedom Florida organization has put together, and then they have you know more of a one one shot thing that kind of gives some information and polls has some attention getters in there talking about people that have been bullied or discriminated against, coerced, segregated, profiled, terminated, uh, denied an exemption, denied service, injured in some way, maybe they've died. Um, at, at any rate. There's some good things that can be done through this organization and beyond, but don't necessarily just trust somebody's word for it, because quite frankly, I don't care what the reason is why they're willing to compromise on my liberty. My liberty is mine. It's not theirs to compromise on. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've worked or how hard you've been fighting in the freedom fight. My liberty is my liberty. You have zero right to speak for me or speak for anybody and claim that this is the medical freedom end all bill that's going to be the best thing since sliced bread. No, actually bread is mostly bad for you. Um, but 
it's it's not your right as a freedom fighter, as a state legislator, as a governor, as a local policy or um, legislation maker. It is not your job to compromise on my God-given rights. The government doesn't give us rights, and they can't just willy-nilly take them away. So, at any rate... Um, that's that's the con the conversations leading up to this and some of the main concepts I'm going to drive home now so that as you go off into your the rest of your workday or your week or talking with friends and family neighbors you name it um, I want you to remember some of these key concepts and yes these slides will be available um, on Thursday when we share the Constitution segment recap 10 minute video that recaps our discussion from today and you'll be able to see these uh, the whole slideshow will be available for you to share. And, and read and, and study up. Go ahead and read some of these things. You don't have to trust me. I've never said to you, just, just trust me on this. You don't need me to explain where I'm getting my information from or, you know, you don't need to double check me. No, I've never said that to you. In fact, I work my butt off for many, many hours just to do these shows for you because I want to make sure I'm putting in there um, not all of the sources that support a given point, but at least get you started, right? Like right here, this is just some of the examples uh, that support this particular point just to get you started. So go ahead and read those, look through them. If you ever think that, you know, I, I'm off, you read something, go, how did she get that out of that? Then ask me, we'll have a debate or a conversation, or maybe I could just answer a question, but that's what this is all about. I want you to know this, to truly know this, even if you've been a freedom fighter, even if you've been in the freedom fight for years, even if you think you know the constitution better than anybody, let me tell you, we all can learn something new every day. So have that open mind, stay open-minded and look into some of these things. So uh, remember, we get our rights from God, not the government. Our rights are supposed to be exercised, unabridged, uninfringed, unviolated, undenied, undeprived, unusurped, un, uh, unabused. And at the very least, this means that I get to exercise or utilize my God-given liberties without first seeking permission from any government entity. It is only if in the exercise of my rights that I begin impeding on the exercise of somebody else's rights that the government may step in. Why? Because the government's main purpose and responsibility is to protect our God-given liberties so that in the exercise of my rights, I'm not impeding upon your exercise of your rights. Remember, government itself has no rights. There's no state's rights. There's no local government rights. The government has zero rights. We, the people, created our constitution and our very form of government. Government only has the powers which we specifically delegate to it in the Constitution. And the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. That means no federal law, no state law, no state constitutional provision, no court order, no government uh, action at all, no executive order, nothing can violate the Constitution. If it violates the Constitution, if, if it is repugnant to the Constitution, it is void on its face. So make sure to take a look at the legal hierarchy that I have in this, uh, this slideshow. It just kind of reemphasizes because some people know it in general, but when it breaks down, they're like, oh, well, what, what would trump the other one? Um, municipal charter, you know, people don't often think about that. That's your local constitution. That is the constitution of your local government, your city, your county, whatever. 
um, there's a place for it in the legal hierarchy. And it's important that you know what the place is. And it's important that you know how to find these documents and read them. Um, but always remember that all government officials in any of these topics, whether you're narrowing down your three freedom fighting issues for 2023 to be medical freedom, Second Amendment, right to life, or whatever your freedom fighting issues are, remember that all government officials are required to take the constitutional oath of office. And I want to play this for you, even though we're already far over time. Um, I'm not going to play the whole thing. I'm going to play three minutes for you here, and we'll see if this works. Um, Lori, I'm going to have you. Um, Lori, can you, is there a way, uh, well, Liberty Cause, can you, um, since you're still with us, Liberty Cause, can you please let me know if it is not, um, if you guys can't hear it or see it as I play it. But here goes. Catherine Henry, constitutional attorney for the store freedom. Good morning. Good morning. I'm constitutional attorney Catherine Henry and resident of Ormond Beach. Government has been trampling on our freedoms for years. I think she was just speaking to that. But it became more blatant and outrageous since COVID started. That's why it's imperative that this legislative session sees real change being done to protect our medical freedom, constitutional carry, right to life, while ensuring true governmental accountability. The plain text of the Constitution and the documents I submitted to you all demonstrate how fundamental these rights are and specifics on how you can best protect them this session. So in considering these requests, I ask you now just to remember your oath of office and what it is not. It's not just a job requirement. It is your and all of our first and foremost duty. It's not about doing what is easy, but about doing what is right. It's not pointing to another branch of government or another public official. It is actively defending the Constitution and the rights it protects. It's not relying on an attorney to advise you, but reading and following the Constitution yourself. It's not allegiance to party leadership or campaign donors. It's not about what is politically popular. And following the Constitution is absolutely not political in nature. It's not about what varying judges and justices have interpreted throughout the years, but upholding the actual words of the Constitution itself. It's not continuing to do something just because we've always done it this way. It's not playing safe because you're afraid to make political waves, but having the courage to stand up and defend the freedoms countless men and women have died protecting. It's not glancing at the Constitution once a year, but reading it yourself regularly, as you can't abide by your oath to defend the Constitution if you just don't know what it says. It's not giving up when it's confusing or <laughs> complicated, but continuing to use critical thinking skills and, and remembering that above all else, the government's main purpose is to protect our God-given liberties. It's not saying I'm just following orders, but doing everything in your power to stop anyone violating the Constitution. It's not a burden, but a great honor. It's not suggestive, but a mandatory and integral part of working in government. It's not new, as we've all taken this oath simply by registering to vote here in Florida. So 
What about a constitution defending bill that you're certain just won't have enough support to go through this session? Do you compromise to secure a bill that at least has less liberty infringements? Your constitutional oath does not allow you to compromise any of our protected liberties. So I thank you for considering these simple yet urgent requests about medical freedom, constitutional carry, right to life, and government accountability. Thank you. Thank you so much for that presentation. All right, guys. So there's more there, but uh, I will leave you to catching that, the rest of that video. It's a total like six minute video. So there's not a ton there. Um, I just wanted to show you the main portion of my speech. That was three minutes. You can catch the full six minutes, including that three minute back and forth dialogue that I had with the state reps that day um, by catching this video on any of our social media platforms. Um, uh, it was posted just uh, about two weeks ago. Um, but uh, at any rate, um, <laughs> I said what I meant in there. And it's something that I hope you guys copy and paste or do whatever. Uh, I actually recently updated the description of that video, including adding the um, the text or the PDF of not only that um, speech, uh, basically, that I gave, when it, at least the parts that I was talking about, what the oath of office is and what it's not, uh, but I also had in there the specifics of the language that we need for protecting medical freedom here in Florida or anywhere. Uh, specifics on a bill needed for our right for constitutional carry, for right to life, for government accountability. I actually gave them language for those areas and then separately backed it up so they could see exactly how and why each of those areas are important and why they need to act now for those. So please make sure to check out that video, if for nothing else, to be able to grab that PDF out of the description and take a look at it and share it at will with your own state reps and senators, with your local government officials as well. And make sure that on any freedom fighting issue, you at least are reminding them of their oath of office, what it is and what it is not. Why? Why is any of this important? Because government cannot act unless there is a specific power granted to them in the Constitution. And government is prohibited, is prohibited from doing anything that violates the U.S. or state constitutions. Um, and I, I kept some of these in here. I'll probably keep them in here for the um, uh, for the slideshow as I'm as I share it with you uh, publicly on Thursday. But um, your constitutional grounds to legally fight back to protect your rights. Um, wanted to give you some of those tools and places to look for your right to peaceably assemble, instruct your representatives, your right to enjoy and defend life and liberty and to possess and protect your property, um, your right to access to public records and meetings, for example, um, how we the people retain ultimate control and authority in our government and in our daily lives. Um, and just some reminders that if you think all of this is too good to be true and that, you know, we should just be able to compromise or we have to compromise on all these issues just to get something done. Um, think about everything that I've said. Think about it. Read the U.S. Constitution for yourself. Every single word of it. Read your state constitution for yourself. Every single word of it. That was our Get Involved Challenge for la last week. Once you have do this, once you have done this, do it again and do it again and do it again. 
I don't stop reading the Constitution just because I've read them frontward and backward 70 million times at this point. No, any time that I want to look for something new or a particular point or freedom fighting, you know, venture, I'm going to look at the words of the Constitution itself again and start all over and go, okay, so what is all in here? Because there are things that we just can't wrap our mind around and remember every single portion of, even if you have a photographic memory, which um, I used to have a very good photographic memory. Now it's, it's a little shabby, but um, we'll see if some more sunshine and, and, and healthier lifestyle can help me get back to that. Um, but why, let me ask you this. If you're thinking of compromise, 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 that in every single situation, uh, we have to be willing to compromise on legislation for abortion or Second Amendment issues or uh, medical freedom. To any of you who think that we just have to keep compromising on these God-given, constitutionally protected rights, let me ask you these questions. They're the same questions I asked in a different context last week, but they're equally as applicable here. Why be willing to stay oppressed and dominated by people who don't have the lawful authority to do things like this? Why be so willing to give up your God-given liberties? Is going along to get along really an easier route? Is letting other people fight this fight really be the best way? Is that the best way for you to enjoy your liberties? What kind of future are you leaving for your children and grandchildren? So look at that true or false question of the week. If you haven't already answered, please check it out on Twitter, Telegram, Truth Social, YouTube, and LinkedIn and answer true or false. Constitutionally protected, God-given liberties can never be compromised in state or local legislation. True or false? I'm not even going to dignify that. Oh, wait, I did. I did dignify that with an answer. Uh, true. While compromising may be good for many topics in legislation, there must be no compromise on bills to defend our God-given liberties. These rights are to be exercised unabridged, uninfringed, unviolated, undenied, undeprived, unabused, and unusurped. And all legislators, every single state legislator is required to take the oath to defend the Constitution and those God-given rights protected therein. Constitution matters, guys. So if you want to learn more about any of these items, please make sure to check out our Wednesday Way to Get Involved Challenge tomorrow, our Constitution segment recap that we'll have on Thursday, and our freedom fighting tools that we'll share with you on Friday. And of course, please join us again on Monday for the episode preview, but of course, for the full Restored Freedom Weekly episode that will air next Tuesday at noon on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, Twitch, Rumble, and DLive, and Facebook. Sometimes I forget about Facebook. Um, but it has been a pleasure to have you here. Let me see. Um, all right. Oh, let's see. Lori, I'm throwing you back on here. Uh-oh. No, I'm not. What happened? You're there. You're not there. It says drag to reorder. What did I do? There. Okay. You're there. Woo! All right. Um, and let me see, did I have another one? No, that was it. Okay. So Lori, um, were there any comments that I did not, um, get to that we needed to share or comment on at all before we close out for the day? Um, I think, so. I mean, there was a lot of going back and forth on YouTube, but I think you covered it in one way or another. I think. <laughs> okay. 
Um, and it uh, looks like we just had a question come in on um, uh, YouTube uh, from Bobby on YouTube. Uh, depending on what your question is, um, you can, um, um, I, I'm, depending on if it's specific to a certain kind of situation, um, I don't have time to take on any new um, individual clients or provide individual consultations. Uh, I really wish I did. I really wish I did. But uh, one thing that can help that, by the way, everyone, is if you were able to donate to this cause of fighting for freedom, uh, please make sure to do so. On uh, You can go to restorefreedomkh.com slash donate. That'll bring you right to that page where you can see all the different options on how to donate, uh, different methods of payment, as well as specific endeavors. If you want to specifically support our newsletter or our website or um, the, the videos like we do, um, for the Restore Freedom Weekly, like this episode, uh, there's all different kinds of ways for you can, for you to donate and support us. Uh, there's also ways that you can buy, uh, at, at our cost of what it costs us to get the materials made and shipped out to you. Things like the, um, window decals. I have an order that's going out today, uh, right now for that, but window decals or, uh, the pop sockets, like, this wonderful pop socket here, of course, let's show you restore freedom or freedomless government. Um, I would show you Mike's at some point, but uh, I just realized he's had that thing beat it up and you can't even hardly read what it says on there anymore. <laughs> so anyway, we have lots of those to share with you. So please consider supporting us and donating in those various ways. Even if all you have is $5 to help, please, that, that can help. Five Could you imagine if everybody who watched this video in any kind of way was able to donate $5? We could actually pay for the materials and the equipment to keep this thing going. So at any rate, um, as far as your question, Bobby, on YouTube, if it is um, something that you wanted to ask here in the comments right now as we're still there, uh, Lori would be able to figure out if it's something that will be able to get addressed quickly for you or if it's something that would be a more prolonged matter. Um, otherwise, please make sure to check out uh, 2AEDU's podcast that he does on Fridays at 930 because he has a world of uh, information all about, specifically about the Second Amendment, and he's in Michigan. Um, otherwise, you can reach us at contact at restorefreedomkh.com. But again, just keep in mind, if you're looking for specific advice or representation about specific situations, I just, I just don't have the resources. I don't have the time to do that. And I haven't, unfortunately, in the last two and a half years. So, um, all right. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Um, again, I'm constitutional attorney, Catherine Henry. This has been Liberty Lori in the background, doing all the magic, uh, getting all the comments up and out there so we can make sure we're answering questions and seeing and sharing comments, uh, from everyone today. We thank you so much for joining us and we look forward to having your continued support as we go forward. Have a great day, everyone.